welcome to the Time Shifters podcast. I'm your host, Christopher. This podcast takes a fun look at the films of long past, recent past, and the almost present, as well as the events and news surrounding them. I would love to hear from you, and there are several ways to get in touch with the show. Look for the Time Shifters podcast group on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Time Shifters Pod, or you can send us a typed or recorded message to timeshifterspodcast at gmail.com. If you haven't already, you can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and please check us and our fellow podcasters out over on podchaser.com. Please rate and review the show at any of these outlets. All these links can be found on timeshifterspodcast.com. Now let's head to the Timeshifter studio and start the show. Everyone, and welcome back to the Time Shifters podcast. This is Christopher. I'm here once again with Tom. You know, one of these days I'll just let you introduce yourself. I'll have to come (laughs) up with something very catchy. (laughs) (laughs) Even if it was just, this is Christopher, and let you say, and this is Tom. (laughs) Oh, I don't know. There's something about being introed in. (laughs) But we can play this however you like. You're just imagining the curtain part parting and you stepping out and da, 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 da. <laughs> you beat me to it, especially since I've been seeing like all over like uh, what is it? Oh, uh, Shout Factory has been uh, promoting heavily that uh, that you can watch reruns of the Johnny Carson show. <laughs> oh, nice! Can you on their Shout TV? Uh, yeah, Shout TV has got that and the Carol Burnett show too. Nice. I might have to look. Uh... <laughs> frankly look both of those up i love some of those old, old johnny carsons yeah they're they're amazing and uh, well no one did it better than he did i don't know what happened to it i think my did my dad have the like best of johnny carson collection or something like that on vhs i don't know whatever happened to it but watching those things oh try not to cry i just <laughs> god yeah no uh, i he was genuinely funny and he ran his show like it was just all of it was comedy. I actually get, I remember anytime I would be watching it, I'd be disappointed by the time they got to a musical thing. Cause I'm like, <laughs> you've stepped away from the funny. <laughs> right. Well, so much of the funny now is because it was then. Right. I mean, it is such, some of it is such a product of its time. There are things that you simply cannot do. Oh God, no. On television today, even late night television. Uh, you can't sit there and, and, and drink and smoke. <laughs> and some of the jokes, maybe you can get by with some of the jokes, but just some of the situations and stuff. I don't even know if anyone else other than Johnny Carson could have gotten away with it. <laughs> Pretty much. He was good at poking fun of everyone, but doing it in a way that it it still came off as funny and respectful. Mm. Of course, now that I say that, if I were to rewatch the stuff, I'd probably find cringeworthy moments. Let's moderate that with I was a child when, <laughs> right. <laughs> when he was around and didn't know any better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, I might have to check that out. That'd be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Well, before we get in, I got a couple little short news stories and everything. There, what I wanted to bring up something I asked you right before we started recording, whether or not you were up to uh, the current Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., whether you were watching the new season, and apparently you are not. 
No, I kind of dropped off at the middle of the second to the last season, so I'm about right. a season and a half behind. Yeah, well, I I can see why you would kind of let it go if time was starting to be an issue and you had to let something go. I could see where that would be the time that that could easily drop off. Um, well, it was one of those moments uh, in, in that particular season, the second to last season, um, they weren't certain that they were coming back at all, but it was, it was that uncertainty and it, you could feel like the air was let out of this, the season. Nobody was interested in it. Well, it gives you any hope to continue on. Uh, yeah, the last season pretty, they ended, they could have just stopped, you know, like you were saying, they really thought it was the end. And they said, no, you get one more short season. And I was like, I don't know if I want them to come back. You know, I, I just feel like they've, they've said their goodbyes now. I don't know if I want them to come back. This season, I really feel like they have hit the ground running. It's like almost maybe because they know. They know for a fact that this is their swan song. This is their last season. And there's a, just a completely different vibe and you could tell everyone is having an absolute blast. And the stories have been fun. Every episode or almost every episode is like sort of a period piece. You know, they, they oh, find yeah. themselves back in the, like the 1940s. And then uh, a couple episodes later, they're in the 1960s. Oh, wow. Uh, they're, as, <laughs> yeah, they're, <laughs> they're jumping through time. And so they, they, they play with that and... This season has started out so great that now I'm really thinking, oh, can't you come back for another? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Uh, that, wow. Okay. It's nice to hear when something catches a, a second wind like that. I'll definitely have to get back into it because I, I really enjoyed the cast and, and, and oh, pardon me. I've forgotten the guy's name who play, uh, plays Agent Colson. Oh, Clark Gregg. Clark Gregg. Thank you. Um, Greg Clark. I, it's one of those two. He's got two first uh, names. <laughs> it's Clark Greg. Uh, as soon as you said it, that tipped it off. But uh, I love him in that role so much. I, I mean, he's one of my favorite things about watching any of the Marvel movies. And yeah. I can honestly say I was devastated when when they killed him in the Avengers movie. So. <laughs> When they actually got around to bringing him back and giving it a reason, and then also kind of putting him in charge of everything, that was amazing. I loved it. So I'll have yep. to go back and give it a try again. Yeah, yeah. Try to catch up. I think you, you, there are some laws, like where you let go of what I was saying, that where you stopped was, I think, probably kind of a law and... Like you said, the the air was kind of let out, and no one was really sure what was going on. Right. And I think that came through. And I stuck with it because, like you were saying, I really love the cast. It's one of those shows that I'll tune in, even though if the stories aren't great, I'm going to enjoy seeing the people on the screen. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, now I'm, I, I've gone from, I don't want them to come back. They they ended on, on a really good note, and I'll be I'll miss them. But it, and now I'm like, no, leave. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really do want more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, from a franchise that I think has uh, almost can't do wrong, 
to a franchise that I think has taken a few missteps. Ridley Scott, in an L.A. Times interview, was talking about filming the new Alien uh, sequels during the pandemic and everything. And he mentioned in this thing that the, the quote-unquote Mr. The Eggs are, is going to be kind of the crux of the Alien sequel. Talking about the uh, you know the field of eggs that we see in the first Alien you know, in the yeah. uh, in the crash spaceship. Yep. I never had any questions about the eggs. <laughs> no. Uh, yet I don't know. Uh, like I've been around people that talk about things like the Alien movies at length, and I don't think anyone has ever brought up the eggs. Yeah. Me either. I've never heard anybody. Oh, how'd they get there? I, like my. I guess my assumption, and I assumed what everyone else's assumption is, whatever busted out of that thing's chest, laid the eggs, and then died. Well, in the second movie, wasn't that what the queen alien was doing? Exactly. So isn't that, doesn't that kind of solve the mystery of the eggs? <laughs> yeah, kind of, kind of felt like it wasn't really a gap. <laughs> This makes it sound like, from what he's talking, he's was carrying the eggs. But then, what the hell happened in that alien prequel that we saw when we see the ship crash? And I, I guess that was something else. I mean, yeah, I I, I left a comment. I posted this article in the Facebook group, and uh, when people were uh, were commenting, and uh, like Steve Sullivan, he said, "The more he's answered, the less impressed I've been." And I, and I replied, he's George lucas the franchise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get out of your own way. You did good. Just walk away. Yeah. Rodney, uh, Rod Barnett really sums it up. He says, no, no matter what tack they take in a new film, the bitching and whining will be legendary. <laughs> Fans F up more franchises than creatives trying to bring something fresh to the table. <laughs> so... Yeah. <laughs> See, that's that's kind of actually what I mean is with this one, you had those two really great films. You should have just let it go. <laughs> well, I, like you were just talking about with the Agents of Shield going out on a high note, just but go. <laughs> so yeah, a little disappointed to reading that. I wasn't a huge fan of uh, the first prequel, um, Prometheus. Was that the first one, the Alien? Yes. Okay. Yes. And I never got around to the second one. That's actually kind of funny that you bring that up. Uh, um, I can picture the movie. I couldn't tell you what it was called. <laughs> yeah. Not without looking it up. Okay. I never, never got around to watching it because, frankly, Prometheus, I it bored me to tears. I wasn't interested in it at all. I, I that was a collection. It was like watching an '80s horror film. It's just a lot of stupid people making the absolutely worst decisions. At every step, and it's like, <laughs> man, where where were you trying to go with this? <laughs> it's funny that you bring these up because uh, I did see the funniest meme related to this stuff, and I am sure it's spawned by it. But it was a uh, Star Trek Next Generation and Xenomorph mashup, where all of a sudden they're saying that there's a Xenomorph run amok in one of their uh, in one of the storage areas or something so they just beam it into the sun and poof it's gone and uh uh like Riker leans over and says can you imagine other franchises had problems with this thing it was worth a giggle <laughs> now 
Moving over to what I never thought would really be a franchise, but I guess you have to call it it. It's got two films. I think there was a cartoon. And now we're getting a third film. Bill and Ted 3. The official trailer dropped for Bill and Ted Face the Music. I have to admit, it looks a lot of fun. <laughs> it does look a lot of fun, but uh, uh, I do know as uh, I was watching that trailer, I'm just... I keep seeing Keanu Reeves trying to be uh, Ted again, <laughs> and I'm see I'm seeing everybody else that he has been. <laughs> you keep waiting for him to John Wick somebody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm waiting for him to turn on Bill and and cap him right between the eyes or something. This is another one where when they said they were going to come back, I thought really. And then they found out that really the yeah. two people that were most interested in doing it were Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter. And I'm like, oh, all right. <laughs> they seem like they were the, they really seem like they were the driving force. Alex Winter, I don't know, but for Keanu Reeves, it's clearly not a need for a money grab. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Keanu Reeves can do anything he wants kind of at, at this time. His, his career has, he's come a long way from that young actor who couldn't act. You know, now with the John Wick franchise and everything. Yeah, he can do whatever he wants. And so the fact that he's coming back to do a Bill and Ted movie tells me he's doing this because he really wants to do this. And so right. I'm like, okay, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm in for that. <laughs> you know, and I could kind of see it. I mean, it is the thing that launched his career. I mean. Yeah, true. That, that was the moment that put him into the awareness of people and, uh, and put him up front and center in, in Hollywood. So uh, why not? Uh, but but I, I admit I, I, I'm, I'm intrigued by the premise. I, I love the, the, the idea is, you know, it's what, 25 years later or whatever, and they still haven't written the song that's supposed to unify the world. And I'm really curious, I mean, where can they go with this? Because is this going to be alternate world? I mean, what? how they can't come up with a song. Is the movie going to end with, okay, we're ready to play the song. Credits roll. <laughs> what? <laughs> that would, Yeah, that would be kind of funny if that's how that goes. But uh, uh, I, I think this is, well, as the uh, trailer does share, this is an opportunity for them to see alternate versions of themselves. Um, like <laughs> when they run into the pair in the prison, the versions of themselves, they're all, <laughs> they're all beefcake and apparently into like death metal or something like that. Yeah. No, it looked a, a lot of fun. Um, it's them, they're back. Uh, oh, I can't think of his name. Uh, Death is returning. Yes. Uh, actually, the only thing about the second one that I actually kind of liked. <laughs> I was going to say, that, that that was really the highlight of the second film. <laughs> yeah, because uh, everything else just kind of stank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Especially uh, evil Bill and Ted robots. Oh, I completely forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I could probably come up with a dozen scenes from the first film. <laughs> uh, well, for a time there, I could probably quote it to you front to back. I mean, 
I even, uh, it wasn't even that long ago, I introduced that to my son to, to watch, and he absolutely had a blast. Nice, <laughs> nice. Oh, yeah, I, I should bring that home uh, for Ben. Yeah, I never, I hadn't even thought about that, but yeah, we should definitely watch Bill and Ted. Yeah, Jack, Jack was giggling front to back, and uh, he was particularly amused that I knew, like, all the music all the way through. It was, mm-hmm. like, one of my favorite soundtracks after the movie came out. Nice. So, yeah, so, again, another one of those kind of uh, things where it went from really to, all right, now I'm excited. <laughs> well, it's one of those things. It's a, it, It's been long enough, and they didn't have to do it, so now I'm super intrigued that they were stoked to do it. And, and that means if you get the two main actors back after all this time and they're that jazzed about it, mm-hmm. you know they're going to have tons of fun doing it. Yeah. I just thought of another little bit of movie news. Um, Kong versus Godzilla has been postponed. I think it's going to back. It's they're backing it out until twenty twenty one. Now it was going to premiere. I think the summer of this year. Yeah, it was. It was due out late this summer. But yeah, right. I'm not surprised to see that happen. Yeah, I think they they're going to wait till they can uh, get everyone back in the theaters. Which is unfortunate. Uh, it's, it's it's the right decision, I think, but it's unfortunate because I certainly want to see it. <laughs> well, yeah, no, absolutely. But uh, this goes back to some of our conversation around what's happening with movie theaters. How are they coming out after all of this? But that is one of those ones that you kind of want to see on the biggest screen that you can with the best sound system yeah i'd be very disappointed uh just doing the oh we're going straight to video on demand like uh okay (laughs) that's how i want to watch the movie the second time maybe (laughs) yeah that's uh, so that you can remember all the grandeur of uh remembering it the first time (laughs) yeah no you want that moment but uh yeah 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 i'm good with the uh, decision the theaters, there was another article I saw that uh, AMC Theaters, we were just talking about them um, with um, when we were talking about Werewolf on, Werewolves on Wheels with uh, Nick Brown. It was the news about yeah. uh, the Universal Studios or whatever it was and AMC fighting with each other and everything. But just a couple weeks later, AMC comes out saying that they have uh, substantial doubt it can remain in business. So they are the, the ones that are in the you know most dire straits. I think Nick may have, you or Nick even brought that up in our conversation. Yeah, no, they, they were already going into the pandemic in a bad way, so. Right, and I, that maybe is a sign that they needed to reevaluate, you know, what the movie-going experience was a long time ago. Like, in my immediate area, your competing ones are like your... We've got AMC, Regal, and um, and Cinemark, and the the only reason the Regal around here hangs on is entirely location. It is in the most ideal location. They have never bothered to update the place. Uh, people just go because of where it's at. Um, the AMCs they try different things, but they haven't really centered on really providing service and all that and the cinemarks around here are actually kind of killing it they uh in fact i just got an email today from uh them telling me they're uh per their ceo that they're getting ready for showtime they're sharing with me in an email all of the things that they're doing to the theaters to make them as safe and ready for a movie going experience again so Focused on yeah. surface, service and safety. 
those are the kind of things that if you want to keep people coming, you you got you got to get in that game. And I don't think no. AMC ever really mastered. No, I think AMC is going to kind of go the way of the the blockbuster. I, I think maybe they had the idea that they were you know on top of the game and they thought they were untouchable, and then all then they discover not the case and they've refused to see the writing on the wall as we've mentioned in previous things this is the time to see those who can innovate those that can come up with that next great thing that makes it worthwhile going out and going to the theater i'm always excited for what they can come up with that in the right hands there will be people that come up with a reason to go i already love the movies i love seeing them on the big screen if you Mm -hmm. can give me that little extra something Whatever that is, that thing right. that I don't even know that I want, uh, that's what keeps you going. I'd like to see it make room for, you know, bringing back some of the, I guess you could call them mom and pop, but at least, you know, smaller chains or independently owned theaters again. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if that is a reasonable expectation or or in, in this situation, but um, I, I don't know if they could compete any better than if you got a worldwide, you know, a global chain that can't keep up. I don't know if a, but maybe just consolidating. If, if, if you just have the one location, right. that's the only thing, that's your only overhead is that location. And if you're in the right spot, you know, I, maybe you can make it work. I mean, there are theaters around that have managed. Uh, there's the, uh, the local, what is the, the Kenwood and the Esquire, you know, theaters uh, here in Cincinnati. Uh, the Esquire has been running since what the forties or fifties and they've innovated, they've changed, they've evolved. And now they own a couple theaters, uh, but they're kind of like a family run uh, business. They're a privately owned business, not a global business. They have three theaters here in town. And one of their theaters is right smack dab in the middle of a huge shopping uh, district. That's not a bad place to be. No, uh, actually, out here in Baltimore, there's one. Um, it's called the Senator, um, mm-hmm. and it, yeah, it, it's a theater that dates back to like the 30s, 40s kind of time frame. Um, they have not altered it a tremendous. Like there, there's, there's essentially. I, I think they have two theater spaces, but one of them is that grand hall. Um, mm. old style theater um, it is locally run and it's owned I'd, I'd have to look it up uh, interestingly enough they have paired with a small burger restaurant that is next door who will provide food for the movies if they so choose and they have alcoholic milkshakes <laughs> nice and so with that little that little spin, the that pairing and the nostalgia, yeah, they found a way to to hang in there. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing if and they they love to run events where they bring back older films. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I really like about the idea of having the uh, sort of the the small uh, independent theater is that those are the kind of theaters that do do that. They have a, a Thursday night and they show you know, the Maltese Falcon or something like that, or they'll have those little, 
little series of films they'll do. Oh, this is this month that we celebrate um, classic horror film or something like that. And uh, yeah, that makes it a lot of fun. And that kind of, uh, and again, I was talking about the Esquire. I mean, they're in the middle of a college town. Right. Uh, you know, they have all kinds of fun series like that. And there's a few films that come through. They turn into sort of like an art house that you're not going to see anywhere else in the theater other than places like the Esquire. Oh, that actually reminds me, uh, the very first time on the very first run of uh, the Blair Witch Project, I actually saw it at the Esquire. Did you? Yes. Yeah. The only sad thing about the Esquire is, that, like I said, they have evolved. It was a single-screen theater, right. and they've remodeled the interior. Uh, they expanded out. I think they expanded out into a, a couple of like the adjoining buildings, and they lost kind of like the big one grand theater and are now, they have like three, they have got like one decent size and like two smaller screens yeah. on either side. So you do kind of lose the uh, the 1940s, you know, feel and look of the thing. But just the fact that it's still going strong after all these years. Yeah, no, I, I'm, uh, well, I, I'm looking forward to places like that opening again. Uh, the, that that one, the senator, the last time I was there, I saw the big Lebowski there. <laughs> <laughs> Bunch of us went to that. It was awesome. <laughs> now, the question is that, I mean, what's going to be left behind should AMC, uh, you know, close their doors? What's left behind is a megaplex. You know, what's left behind is 12, 13, 15 screens the local independent isn't going to be able to move into that. Right. One can hope one of the other larger megaplex kind of places uh, will pick it up and learn what to yeah. do and to do it better, to, to see a, a, Cin- a Cinemark, a Regal, um, mm-hmm. some of the other ones that I don't even remember all their names. <laughs> I could see AMC before actually closing their doors, I could see them just trying to consolidate and just pretty much stick with the ones that are doing the best right? and keeping those open and shutting down some of the more, you know, far off the distant ones. Because mm-hmm. the one we have here in town, um, there's one up in uh, Westchester, Ohio, and there is absolutely no reason that should be struggling right. because of the location that it's in. I, I don't know. I don't do their books. So I could be, comp- I could be, you know, talking out the wrong side of my face i have no idea <laughs> well that's uh, we need someone from amc to come on the show uh, <laughs> crack the books with us let's talk about what you're not doing right and yeah. how we yeah. <laughs> tell small. us what you think you're doing right <laughs> all for just a small consultation fee <laughs> <laughs> that's right <laughs> you got to spend money to make money amc come on that's right and we're here to help <laughs> Need to broadcast podcasts on the uh... <laughs> <laughs> Time Shifters podcast in the movie IMAX. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's on the screen, but it God, it's loud. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think now is a good time to take a short break. Uh, we'll play a promo for another podcast. When we come back, we're gonna look because. Uh, at the time we're recording, we are, I think, what, the first day of official summer is in just a few days. Mm-hmm. So we decided to pull out a Summer Glow movie, and there's only a few of those. <laughs> <laughs> so we decided to go back to 2013 and watch Nights of Badassdom. 
It's 1966. The space race is on. The Cold War is heating up. And giant monsters are destroying Japan. Daikaiju Attack. The serialized giant monster story. Presented free every week on DaikaijuAttack.com and SDSullivan.com. Become a member of the Daikaiju Attack group on Facebook. Join the action today. In a world, within our world, they've created a world unlike any other world. You bastard. Where are we? Tis the kingdom of LFS, my naive friend. That looks terrible. My three-year-old nephew can make a better map. He's got learning disabilities. You shanghaied me and wrestled. Adventuring is exactly what thou needst. Needst is not a word. Where we are, it is. Thou hast been recruited to fight at the epic battle of Evermore. Welcome to the fields of Evermore. You guys do actually look slightly badass. Eric's about to level up to Grand Sorcerer. I'm packing an ounce of killer shrooms. And there be monsters in need of pummeling. I'm in. But for these make-believe heroes... Guys, pentagrams? Yeah, we don't roll that way here, all right? This is the LARP, not the Wicker Man Wicken cosplay. Something truly evil... ...is taking their fantasy... ...to a whole new reality. You just summoned a succubus from hell. Sorry. Time has come to earn our valor, people. Use the book to send that bitch back wherever she came from. I don't know how. I just picked a page at random earlier. Pick another page and hurry up. I covered only one thing. Honor and victory! Wait, literally, that is two things. Uh, is that of the witch? Uh, I'm out of here. How awesome was that? Like an A-plus motherfucker! Lightning bolt! Lightning bolt! So Knights of Bad Astum, a group of live-action role players or LARPers, inadvertently summon a demon from the netherworld who uh, has, well, does what demons from the netherworld do and starts killing everyone, all their friends and everyone who had come to a, uh, a giant LARPing event. And it's up to them to decipher... The, uh, the grimoire that one of the characters bought online. <laughs> <laughs> As you do. And to protect their friends and to save the world. I remember when this thing was first talked about. It was like one of these movies that you could not turn around without seeing an article or hearing somebody talk about this film coming up. This going back to like 2010. 
Yeah. There's lots of lots of news stories, uh, especially you know, kind of geek community talking about LARPing and you know Dungeons and Dragons, the whole thing, and then it just disappeared. And it, I, I I didn't know what happened to it. It just it just vanished. And I just happened to stumble on it on Amazon Prime like a couple years ago. I'm like, oh my god, that movie! I remember them. That you know, did anyone else know about this movie? And I had a few people that go, oh yeah, yeah, that came to video last year. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Why didn't you tell me? (laughs) (laughs) I'll admit, um, until you had said something a couple of years ago, I never knew this movie existed. Um, Really. You don't yeah, remember any it, of the hype around it? No, I don't remember any of that. And I'm a huge Summer Glau fan, and I, I just completely off my radar. And uh, I was sad that it wasn't more on my radar, because by the time I got around to it, I'm like, this is awesome. Actually, at the time this was made, really the biggest star, the biggest get for this film was Peter Dinklage, because of yeah, Game yeah. of Thrones. Game of Thrones actually premiered a couple years prior, and so that probably would have been the big, um, oh, you need to look at this film because Peter Dinklage is in it. No, absolutely. Admittedly, Uh, I have become a huge Peter Dinklage fan. Yeah, he's pretty awesome. Because Firefly, which is what, you know, Summer Glau was probably most known for at the time, uh, was early 2000s, which surprised both of us when I just looked this up. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, she was a name because you, if you were a fan of Firefly, and she had made at see by this time she did do the Sarah Connor Chronicles, because yeah. those were about that was two thousand eight two thousand nine. Uh, she had made a few appearances on Dollhouse by the end uh, by two thousand ten. Yep. So by the time this thing actually was filmed, yeah, she'd kind of um, started the fall off she was making appearances here and there and everything but it wasn't too much longer before she would kind of step away from uh, acting altogether to uh raise a family in fact it was probably just after this film i think uh 20 she did a little bit of work on arrow right after this film yeah yeah i see that now some bits and pieces and some other stuff but uh but yeah, that's when she was became way more family focused. Mm-hmm. I think about 2015, 2016 or so uh, is when she kind of just uh, stepped back as she was doing a few co- convention appearances or whatever. But for the most part, she she went off and had a daughter. That was that was her job. <laughs> I think right now that kind of is her still her job. She's off, you know, doing the family thing. Yeah, uh, other than some credits here for uh, the TV series Woo Assassins. Uh, yeah, she hasn't. Uh, she hasn't been in a ton of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, again, uh, because of the, the popularity of Game of Thrones and the fact that Peter Dinklage was in this, that's probably why this film, I remember getting it the buzz that it did. Yeah. And then, yeah, I don't know what happened, but it just kind of disappeared. And it sounds like there was some issues with... Um, there was definitely some issues with like a distributor. Uh, the director, Joe Lynch, uh, pretty much disowned the film uh, after it was delayed and then re-edited by IndieVest. Hmm. And maybe that's why it just sort of faded into obscurity or had something to do with it anyway. Well, it's, it's kind of a shame because this ended up being a whole lot of fun. <laughs> 
Well, we'll get into that a little bit. Um, yep. I mean, there was definitely, this was not a film that someone just tried to throw together. I mean, some effort and some thought went into this. The the main cast, they actually sent to a live-action role-playing, uh, like, boot camp. <laughs> so they... Did they? <laughs> <laughs> and you're, you were talking Peter Dinklage. Apparently, he was declared the most successful out of everybody. <laughs> <laughs> but then he's well, he he, he'd been kind of doing it everything yeah i guess he had been kind of doing it for a couple years <laughs> already in in his actual job right <laughs> uh besides him and summer glow the cast is relatively unknown to me steve zahn who kind of plays uh who played eric um he looked terribly familiar to me but I looked at his filmography, and there is nothing there that I would have seen him in. So I think he really? must just look like somebody else I know. <laughs> no, I, I, I do know Steve Zahn from some other places. I, I know I have seen him in a bunch of... Uh, well, he's War of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah, but I'm looking at the things... That I never got around to any of the new Planet of the Apes movies, so it wasn't from there. I don't I don't know where I've seen him, but he just, he has, he was looked and sounded and acted very familiar, but I couldn't place it. <laughs> now, the, uh, the one that uh, I know I've seen him in other things, and it's driving me crazy, so I'm looking him up again, is the, the, the guy that played Joe. Ryan Quanton? Um, yeah. Now, he's been in a number of other things as well, and uh, he always plays that, that smooth, slick guy. <laughs> well, he's got the smooth, slick look. I have, I, I'll have to give him that. No, I, I, that's too funny. Like As I'm uh, going through a bunch of this stuff, I know I've seen him before, but uh, a lot of these I'm not. <laughs> oh, that's right. I remember seeing him in um, Something for True Blood. Yeah, yeah, he's in the True. That's he's the Jason Stackhouse character from True Blood, ah, there you which go. is what I know him the most from. Which is is one of the more primary characters in the series. Gotcha, cool. Knew I knew him from somewhere, <laughs> and yes, he was kind of Joe Slick in that show too. <laughs> so not a lot of range. <laughs> <laughs> So when I stumbled across this thing on Amazon, I was so excited. I was like, okay, I'm going to watch this this weekend and everything. And I kind of got the vibe from everyone that I was talking with on Facebook. They were just sort of, you could tell that they were going, okay, enjoy, you know. And I'm like, why? <laughs> what? What? What's what's the deal? I, for me, anyway, I think I kind of understood after I first watched it. And my opinion really hasn't changed I feel like this is a movie that could... I don't know who the audience is for. <laughs> there is that element of it. Uh, because I was very surprised at the level of, of, of the language and gore. Mm -hmm. But contrasted with the level of the actual comedy aspect and the subject matter which of, of, the, of the LARPing. It's like, it seems like on one half... Okay, this is for the, this is for adults because you got all this gore. You might as well throw in you you should throw in some nudity or something. You just go whole hog. But then you, the subject matter is about all this stuff that these you know about with larpers, and that seems kind of younger and family orientated. But 
You, you need to get out to some more LARPers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, LARPers take this stuff seriously, and it is not generally geared toward children. All right. I, I definitely, and that's the feeling I got after watching it this time, too, is I really f- felt like there was scenes and moments in this that I'm thinking, you know, there are probably people who do LARP that sit there and watch this movie and go, mm, yeah, yeah, I know someone like that. Oh, yeah, that's just like this. <laughs> yeah, for the LARP community, uh, uh, and I, I don't know it well, I know a few folks from that, um, and I can see... Uh, some of the uh, personality aspects from the various uh, LARPing characters that they they went to. This, uh, like, like you said, it, they didn't know their audience, and actually, part of what I kind of enjoyed about it is it's kind of a disaster around that. <laughs> that, but it made it funnier for me because <laughs> it's it's a horror movie, but it won't quite go all the way. It's a comedy. But there's too much horror to make it truly a comedy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there has been horror comedies before. Um, right. But on, on many of those cases, though, I feel like they didn't necessarily set out to make a horror comedy. They set out to make a horror, and then they just realized that there's some comedic elements, in, you know, in it. I could be very wrong about that. <laughs> And rightfully so. I mean, uh, one of the draws, as you pointed out, Peter Dinklage and his character in this movie, the way he plays the character, um, it's, I I, I likened it recently to uh, my girlfriend that uh, is like he took his character from Pixar, um, or not Pixar, Pixel, Pixels, mm. um, where he plays uh, the the overhyped uh, video gamer, uh, hardcore nerd, and just mellowed him out with uh, <laughs> with this uh, with with the shrooms and, and, and the and the and smoking the bowls and just kind of really kind dissolved into it. And the one of the scenes that. Uh, I don't know. It kind of embodied the whole film for me. It was just the super awkward moment where um, the character Joe has lost his his long-term girlfriend. And he's busy drinking and playing music uh, to drown his sorrows. And his two buddies get come in. And there's Peter Dinklage's character. Uh, and he's trying to console him. And he just lays his hand on Joe and Eric. And it just becomes... It's just quiet. And it becomes weird and awkward. (laughs) And that defined the whole film. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Because the whole film is just kind of this weird, awkward thing. But it's still kind of a fun ride. (laughs) It really feels like... And to kind of keep it within the... (laughs) kind of keep it within theme it's it's like someone who is learning like um learning how to shoot a bow and arrow they can make the arrow leave the bow right but i'll be damned if they can hit the target (laughs) that's what this entire film kind of feels like to me it's like oh you 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 shot and you missed (laughs) (laughs) over and over again (laughs) 
you put a lot of effort into that bow and that yeah. arrow. <laughs> yeah, someone went and bought the most expensive, most sophisticated compound bow they could find. They researched what kind of arrows. They've got the gear. They're ready to go, and they don't know how to shoot. <laughs> Uh, and the fact that this is all about a LARPing that would involve things like bows and arrows, you are way on target yes. with at least the comment, yes. if not the movie. Yes. <laughs> and it's very unfortunate because uh, this is a movie I want to love. And right. I really, I can't bring myself to do it. In fact, this the, the watching it the second time, it was actually struggling to keep my attention. Oh, really? Yeah, it really was. Especially when you start getting into just the, uh, oh, we have to fight the monster. It's like, okay. That I, I honestly, it was like, I'm, I, I was more interested in the buildup. I was, I was having fun right. with the, uh, the characters. I was having fun with them setting up the, uh, the big, uh, uh, battle of Nevermore and the whole big, the park and the guy going around and naming all the, you know, the Mystic Falls and whatever. And it's just, it's just a well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pump well. <laughs> yeah, behold the field of whatever, and uh, there's it's dried out grass, and people are just kind of randomly walking across. Yeah. <laughs> um, the parking lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and even at one point when they're they're he's telling him to go back to this area, and she actually leans over. Yeah, that, that's the parking yeah. lot. It's it, it's this one. <laughs> <laughs> Although that was the longest damn walk to the parking lot. Yeah, yeah. No, the sun went down. <laughs> the sun went down, and they never got to the parking. Lot. <laughs> they were on the other side uh, of Nevermore. Yeah. See, uh, on my this is my second viewing too, and I chose to embrace the ridiculous. All right. Um, and, and I'm totally with you. Yeah, by the time you bring in the monster, I wanted everything before that. It, it is thoroughly entertaining, especially since Joe is Joe is us in at least the LARPing universe. Mm -hmm. he, he's the guy, he's aware of it. He might have done things related to that, you know, when he was a kid. Yeah, uh, he, he even said that he was he was a he played D and D and he was apparently right. really good at D and D. Yeah. Like, I felt like this wanted to be uh, National Lampoon's vacation for LARPing. And <laughs> didn't quite get there. <laughs> Though, the even when they go to the trouble to make, like, a crude comment, like the one guy uh, hit, uh, who, who apparently masturbated to some character in, in his monster manual, <laughs> and they kept referring to it, and, and the pages are still stuck together. <laughs> Like those were the moments that I was clinging to in this because I'm like, okay, you want it? it that's funny. It, it wants to be funny, but it won't fully embrace that. Like you could have gone, you could have gone Van Wilder all over this thing and started having some sort of really uh, crazy uh, sexual overtones to the whole thing. Especially we bring in a cute girl like Summer Glow and all this, and there's all the LARPing girls and. <laughs> There's a succubus. Yeah. Yeah, I, and maybe that's where it actually kind of loses it for me, is I was really enjoying watching Joe getting roped into this. Yeah. And and watching all the characters act and them having to do the... Uh, 
out of game, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that kind of stuff. Well, I, that I truly, I truly did find fun. It's when it started diving more into the okay, and now we're gonna stop that and be a horror movie, and that's where right. I lost interest because now you're just, I've seen this, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, and and it is awfully abrupt because uh, even as they were introducing the monster, when it was. When it was personified by his ex-girlfriend mm-hmm. going around and murdering everyone, I, I was still into that. But when when he learns that he actually has a book and he's, I don't know how he's reading anything from it since he doesn't know what any of it says and that that's effective. But as he actually goes and turns the 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 girl monster into the actual monster monster. I'm with you there that at that point I'm like kind of like all right I, I don't need that part <laughs> although the 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 takedown of the monster was entertaining <laughs> yeah and yeah well it it, it fit the film um, it did <laughs> and the actual monster I was impressed that they actually went for the monster suit right. And it was... It was actually an impressive monster It suit. really was. I mean, it, that took you back. You felt very... Uh, it felt very maybe 90s <laughs> or something. But it still... No, it worked. And I liked it for this film for sure. I mean, it it was impressive looking. And, and there seemed to be legitimate danger. Like, they're, they're, they're trying to try drive a truck over this thing and smashing it and it, it won't go down. Right. And, <laughs> and, and, uh, kudos to Joe Lynch, the director for, you know, the way he shot and, and used the monster suit. Obviously you're limited to what you can do in this lumbering suit. I, I'm sure it wasn't right. as flexible. So he kept the, uh, the movements and what you saw of it in action limited, or off screen or yeah pinned by a truck and so you could give it an excuse for it not moving around a lot and that was very smart because then it worked really well Uh, yeah and especially as it would just kind of lumber into the uh, encampment in the first place and its entire job was just to look intimidating Um, yeah yeah it works it was fun watching it take out the (laughs) The horde of LARPers, though. <laughs> and the horde of the paintball. The uh, paintball-playing sheriff there that come and come to punk the uh, the LARPers. And, and again, uh, this goes to your notion of uh, it didn't... I don't know if it knew its audience, and I'll agree with you there, because that's probably an inside joke to those that do LARPing and those things, is when you compete for spaces to do these things in and my geek thing is more important than your geek thing right. so <laughs> yeah and you know honestly that they do the setup the guys with the paintball you know they the the film's opens with them sneaking right. up they're 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 doing their thing and they stumble across um I already forgot his name uh, they stumble across Eric. Eric and his gang doing some practicing their incantation that they're going to use at the at the big LARPing event, and they, they they start shooting them with the paintball guns and and breaking it up. That is strictly a setup because then you don't see them again 
into the last third of the film. Right. And it, that feels very odd. I this could have easily been you could have done this in the in the mode of like a 1980s uh like team uh the sex comedy or something like meatballs you know where they go to camp or whatever and it's the battle of the camps i that might have worked a little better rather than doing the horror film yeah yeah um that that is one of the parts i i will acknowledge that uh um they introduce it and you're just kind of like okay, this is going to be a bigger deal, and then it's not. <laughs> right. I mean, this could have been like the next Revenge of the Nerds. <laughs> yes. Yes, that was the one that I was actually kind of going to. Mm-hmm. This could have been Nerds versus Jocks. and uh, Or or if you want to keep it the horror film or whatever, uh, have it kind of being the, uh, the LARPers versus the paintballers, but then it, they have to band together. You know, their their geekdoms have to unite in order to defeat the the evil demon. That seemed like it would have been a better, certainly a better message. I think you're looking for message. <laughs> <laughs> My mistake. You're you're hoping for message, <laughs> some redemptive quality. I um, I am grasping at straws. Yes. <laughs> like I said, uh, lots of fun little parts. Don't know that it all makes a coherent story, but if you can enjoy it for the parts that it is, uh, especially uh, it's completely ridiculous. But the, during the takedown, the uh, Peter Dinklage's character hung. Yes. <laughs> he, he he dies about the middle of the movie, mm-hmm. but he comes back as the as it's the like a, force to battle. Yeah, the force ghost. And they just repeat it on a loop, too. Because <laughs> he just does all the same things. And even at the end, uh, uh, when they're showing the uh, uh, what everybody is doing now at the mm. end of the movie. Yes. And, and, and they just replay the part where he's uh, taunting the creature to come fight him. Sometimes you do things for the paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> No, I think he. I don't think he was doing it for the paycheck. I think he was having an absolute ball. I think he was having a blast. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, considering how um, heavy toned that uh, Game of Thrones is to essentially do the lighter side of that, mm-hmm. <laughs> probably had to be a lot of yeah. fun. Yeah, and this does become one of those films that if I would ever get an opportunity to talk to Peter Dinklage or Summer Glau or Steve Zahn or Ryan Quant, any of the cast, mm-hmm. this is kind of like the movie I would want to talk to them about. They could be in almost anything. They could be touring and doing stuff about whatever TV show or film. And I'm like, do you mind if we not talk about that? <laughs> 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 could we go back and talk about Knights of Badassdom? <laughs> You do got to kind of wonder, because regardless of the quality uh, or whether or not you got the movie you wanted out of it, it looked like it was just a lot of fun to do. (laughs) Yeah, no, everyone involved looked like they were having a great time. Yeah. And that's another reason why I want to love this film. This is one of those films that I want to love, and I want to tell people, oh, you should definitely watch that, because everyone has a ball and it's it's a lot of fun. But I can't really. <laughs> I, I have to say, yeah, I saw that, and it's a bit of a misfire. <laughs> I, I, I I totally feel you, but uh, uh, because the fun comes through, it, 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 that's the parts that I cling to. I, I can enjoy 
Um, and not that you didn't, but uh, uh, those parts, those moments, those uh, things that happen during the film that are just silly and and you clearly they're having a good time doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I can I can enjoy it for for those moments. I wonder if it's a case of maybe it was done a little before its time. I, I think if they would have waited another five years. Um, some of the message that I was kind of hoping would be in this, maybe would be in this, they glance, or not glance, they gloss and just skip over some stuff. Like, um, oh, just the fact that Summer Glau's character, uh, Gwen, she's doing it uh, just because of her cousin, uh, Gunther. Right. Who is really into this thing. If it weren't for her cousin, she wouldn't even know LARPing existed. But... Right. He needs someone to just go with him and uh, you know, probably to drive because he's always like in character. <laughs> right. Uh, so he's maybe somebody that maybe he has, uh, you know, there's other issues, you know, with, with Gunther. You, he seems like he could be like an autistic person. Exactly. Um, yeah, he, he's very much into this thing it's how he connects with the world right right so Uh, you could definitely play on that and the fact that you have her supporting him in this manner by going and doing these things to you know so he has fun and enjoys himself that's a great little you know little bit and you could pull that from this film but it's just sort of it's it's explained in a line and then that's kind of it which maybe maybe that's all you need but you could have done more with that. You could have done more, more message, uh, more um, fly your geek uh, flag proud kind of message. <laughs> and I think it, it, that's missing from this. That and it should be there. Since we've focused on Gunther, why is uh, why are there two people credited with him, the character? Oh, I don't know. I didn't see that. I, I'm noticing that while uh, looking at the. There are two separate actors credited as Gunther. Oh, yeah, Brett Gibson and Tom Hopper. What in the world? And Tom Hopper's actually an up-and-comer. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, his character's in... Actually, I I had missed that. He He's actually also in Game of Thrones. He came later, though. Yeah, Gunther credit uh, only. Yeah, so maybe there was uh, an issues with... Um, casting or, or or maybe time maybe there was an injury uh maybe you know he had someone had to step out uh during production or something well you had said there were some production issues with this so. yeah well it sounds like most of the production issues was after was in post-production uh and and with the distributor right. uh yeah i'm my maybe my guess is it's you know they wanted somebody Maybe one, maybe Gunther was before he took off his helmet. Before you saw his face, was one person, and then when he actually had to act, he was another. Um, <laughs> Tom Hopper, please, uh, please, please get in touch with us. We or, or Brett Gibson, discuss. either one, <laughs> since we have no idea or which Brett one was Gibson. which. <laughs> well, I, I'm fairly certain Brett is the one that we saw on screen, uh, particularly when sporting the blonde hairdo at the end. We probably talked the uh, least about Summer, even though we we were saying we wanted to do a Summer Glau film. But unfortunately, she doesn't have a whole lot to do in this movie. She was there to show off the her uh, plus three ass of perfection uh, 
but clearly we underestimate her endowments. <laughs> and that's the sum total of her uh, her contribution to the uh, to the show. I mean, she's adorable as always. Um, like you were pointing out, uh, she's doing this uh, this kindness for for her cousin um, and, uh, and and participating in this because this is how he connects with the world. And she has almost nothing to say except that in the entire film. Yeah, she's strictly there to be the love interest. And it's kind of disappointing. Um, well, it's disappointing of any female uh, actor in any yes. film when they're there just for the sole purpose of uh, we need someone to kiss at the end of the film. Yeah. yeah, that is a lot disappointing. I mean, they did try to at least encourage the idea that she was indeed skilled at uh, at this particular LARPing stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was known for for being good at it, despite the fact she wasn't particularly interested in it. Right. Um, but yeah, the, she didn't have much. She was a fairly one-sided character in all of this. Yeah. No, I, I just think this film could have done more with the brief, you know, introduction to some of the characters that you see and could have been a sort of how to, how to put it without sounding like like a backhanded compliment is you know, regardless of and it's something I love about when you go to the conventions and stuff when people cosplay and whatever like that maybe they don't have the the same build or the same hair color or even the same gender as whatever character that they decide to cosplay in, but Damn it, they're there and they're cosplaying and they're having fun and, you know, more power to them. I think that message could have been in this film. And it's it kind of is. But honestly, when you see, like, the guy in the uh, the wheelchair chariot, I feel like it's shown mm-hmm. and played more as a joke versus being uh, inspirational. And that's the word right. I keep th- I, I think I keep dancing around and I haven't used yet. This film could have been inspirational, and I think it, it, it fell short. It didn't. I don't know where the whole LARPing trend falls into the time frame that this took place in, but it does seem a little more poke fun at nerddom than it is uh, um, embracing it and, and honoring the... It, it tried. There were some elements there where it tried to embrace the idea that people from all walks of life are part right. of this. But like you said, it comes off more as a joke. Spe- spe- um, and then when you get to the end, where you got her two characters, you got uh, Gwen and um, and Joe, and their sort of, their coda is they started a doom metal band and swore never to LARP again. Well, those little slap in the face. Maybe that's why it faded around. Maybe they decided that they showed it at some LARP convention and everyone hated it. <laughs> <laughs> could be that. But, you know, uh, I, I could get on board with the idea if every time you went to go LARPing, you brought to, to life a, a, a demonic <laughs> succubus. Um, it might kill the mood for a great many people. Uh, but, yes... But yeah, as you're pointing out, it it, it kind of it come, falls flat with the audience for what that uh, that is. Um, and yeah, I think uh, where you're going with some of this is uh, now that I think about it, if you if you back away from the main cast and whenever they show you the other um, the background characters, the, the the folks that are there to do 
to perform in the LARP. They have such a diverse group of people that are part of this. Um, there's there's the couple fighting because apparently they're having uh, relation issues, relationship issues, relationship issues that involve bringing a, a, a third party to the <laughs> right. To, yeah, and it just comes out of nowhere. It, it does, uh, but I mean. There's uh, one guy gets separated from his group and, and he um, he runs into the succubus uh, and um, he's cl- clearly a gay man, but the way they carried it was actually really nice uh, right up until the point where she tore his heart out of his chest. But they had this diversity, but then poked fun at the, the thing that they were all being yeah. a part of and... Don't, now, now you're making me not like Sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> that wasn't my intention. But. I know. No, 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 I can still enjoy the parts that I do. But yeah, no, I think back on some of this. There, There's some missed opportunity. All right, well, I don't know. Is there anything else you wanted to say about it? I think anyone should at least give it a shot. Yeah, no, um, absolutely. And I'd love to hear anyone else's thought and see what their takeaway is it uh, or see what their takeaway uh from it is you know whether which side do they fail do they i'm maybe i'm looking for more than there ever was uh, again this would be one that if i could talk to joe lynch i i do wonder if his version would have been better or frankly it could have been worse you know i uh, right well, and I encourage anybody who listens to us who might have access to any of the actors that, <laughs> yes. that, uh, that were in this, at least ask them, was was this as much fun as it looked? I mean, it might not have been the greatest piece of film work ever made, but was it fun to make? Did you have a good time? Because it looked like you did. I did throw uh, out to social media that we were going to be watching this, and unlike last episode, mm-hmm. we got just about uh, pretty much nothing in response. Um, <laughs> the only thing we did get, uh, Barry Munden over on the Facebook group, I think he just did this as sort of a uh, a related comment. He said, the fantasy RPG comedy has almost become a sub-genre of movies. There are some pretty interesting and funny low-budget ones on Amazon Prime. The funniest, though, is still the web show The Guild, which is on Netflix. So, somewhat related, um, talking about the you know role-playing game-themed uh, yeah. uh, comedy shows. I've not seen any of them. I'm not sure, uh, but and I have heard of The Guild. Role-playing is such a big part of um, fandom in general. So, why would you not have more content that's just mm-hmm. strictly mm-hmm. about that? Um, this is just one that might not have as landed right. as well as it could have. All right. Well, I think that is going to do it. Tom, thanks very much. I hope I didn't spoil your film too much. You know, you have to go watch it again and see if you still like it. <laughs> I'm sure that I'll find those moments that I can still enjoy. It's yes. got Peter Dinklage in he it. Is, How can I not? He is really the highlight and highlight of many films that I've said he's shown up in. Yeah, no, I, I, I'll watch him in almost anything. Uh, he's enjoyable just about every single time. All right, well, I'd love to hear anybody else's thoughts on Knights of Bad Astem or Peter Dinklage or Summer Glau or if you can have, have any idea where I might have seen Steve Zahn. 
because I can't I figure it out. <laughs> or who he looks like that I could maybe be mistaking him for. I'd really appreciate it. Just drop us a note over on the Facebook group uh, or send us an email, uh, timeshifterspodcast at gmail.com. That is going to do it for this episode. We'll be back in a couple weeks. Tom actually brought up one. Um, I don't know if it's going to be any better than what we've watched this time. Blasphemy. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, what the hell? Uh, he just celebrated a birthday, so I guess we're, I should you know let him pick a movie. So next time <laughs> when we come back, we're going to look at, I don't know the year, we're going to look at the original Beastmaster. We'll see how that uh, stands up after all this time. <laughs> it's LARPing without the <laughs> it does. It, role play. It's a part. little bit of a theme here, isn't it? Yeah, we're sticking a little bit. We're sticking with the uh, the swords and loincloths. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't intentional, but we'll take yeah. it. <laughs> so we'll be back in a couple of weeks with that. So until then, thanks for listening, everyone. Goodbye. See ya.